Being good at sales means that you're good at being inquisitive, that you're a good listener and you're great at asking questions. Now, I don't want you to interrogate your leads, but rather I want you to learn how to empathetically ask questions so that you can learn more about their unique situation, that person's values, and how you might be able to support them. This is not your average business podcast because here we are going to discuss how you hit your goals without losing yourself, your values, or your relationships along the way. We believe in the whole person versus the long-term hustle approach and demonstrating to our children what living a life full of purpose is truly about. We're here for the woman who is an aspiring entrepreneur, developing her personal brand, and staying open to the opportunities that come before her. We're here for the woman yearning to find businesses that align with her, her core being, so she can feel in alignment with her life. Come on this journey with us as we navigate this very full season and pursue a life we love. Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for a greater purpose? Are you craving connection? Perfect. You are in the right place and we're excited to get you one step further than you are today. Hello, my friends. It is Kat here today with a solo episode, and I wanted to dive deeper into a topic that came up after we released episode 130, which was called How to Sell Without Feeling Gross. We had a lot of responses to this episode, and although many of you changed your mind about how selling is a service and how it can be one of the most powerful skills that you can master as a business owner, you still had some questions about how to actually handle objections that come up when you're on a sales call or in your DMs or inside of email. And the most common objections that you said come up for you are when someone says, I can't afford this or it's not the right time. So I wanted to dive into both of those today to give you really concrete ways on how you can handle this when they come up. So I own a sales agency and I have sat on hundreds of sales calls myself just for about every niche imaginable, no matter the industry. And these objections do come up. So how do you actually know one, if they're true or if it's someone just trying to get out of the conversation, how do you avoid them altogether? And if they do come up, how do you help that lead actually work through them? These are awesome questions. So we're going to dive into all of that. So first, let's understand what is an objection. So an objection is simply a question or a statement because the lead doesn't see the full ROI or return on investment of your offer. So buyers share objections because as any logical human, they are trying to do two things. They are trying to protect their money and they are trying to protect their time. Now, I know that you are such a good, kind person who has an offer that changes someone's life. However, even though your lead might know, like, and trust you, they aren't going to buy from you if they don't understand how your offer really supports them. So they need to palpably see a future that your offer creates for them. And we're going to support you today to clearly, confidently, and effectively communicate how your offer does just that. But first, I do want to share something that may or may not seem very obvious. Before you sell anything to anyone, you need to understand who your ideal customer avatar or ICA is. We talk about this in episode 59 called Do You Niche Down? And if you're unclear on who you serve and how you support them, then go back and listen to this episode because understanding your ICA deeply, like I'm talking about their 
pain points, what their life looks like, their demographics, what they desire their life to look like in the future. It's going to help you craft your messaging. It's going to help you attract the right people. It's going to help you filter out people who aren't a good fit and then eventually sell to the people who are a good fit. Because regardless of what people tell you, the selling does not start in the DMs. It doesn't start on the sales call. The selling starts with your content and how you are inspiring people to take action based on if they can see themselves in the transformation that your product offers. So let's take a look at a very prominent brand, Peloton. I have a Peloton. I love them. Have you ever seen a Peloton commercial though, or even visited their Instagram account? They are so clear on who they are speaking and who they are marketing to. They aren't showing their bikes in a discount gym setting. No, they are showing it in a beautiful home because their ideal customer is someone who can afford the price tag of their bike. And they value two things. They value convenience and especially convenience that they can do in their own house, and they value health and fitness. And they are willing to not only buy the bike, but the gear and the monthly membership because they value the product for them, and that outweighs the cost of the bike. They share the price prominently and proudly because purchasing a Peloton is not only a useful piece of equipment, but it also comes with a somewhat status symbol, just like a Yeti cooler or a Vitamix does. So what is Peloton doing? Well, what they're doing here with their marketing and their messaging is they're filtering leads. They aren't having sales conversations with everyone because by this time, someone strolls into the Peloton store or my mall, they have a Peloton kiosk, or they even go to the Peloton website. They already have identified because of their marketing that the person knows the price. So imagine if Peloton wasn't clear with their marketing and they weren't clear with the people who their ICA. Imagine if those people strolled into their store and they sat on a bike and then the person would just have to sit there and convince them that they need to spend an entire month's rent or their mortgage on an exercise bike. One, that wouldn't feel very ethical, right? Two, it would hurt demand and make the selling process a heck of a lot harder. So in short, it is such a good thing to filter leads. It's a beautiful thing to determine your ICA. And when it comes to marketing, it's better to go deep instead of wide. It might feel like you're leaving people out, but here's the thing. When you get the right person into the right offer, it helps ensure that you as the business owner get that person the transformation that your product provides. And for those of you who sell services or coaching or group programs, you're going to enjoy working with your ICA because they are ready and they are willing to do the work inside of your program. I can honestly say that I adore every single person inside of our paid programs. I have had the pleasure to get to know so many of you through our meetups and our coaching calls and our mastermind events. And even though each of you inside of our paid programs are different and unique in your own ways, most of you have a single through line and that it's you are a mother who is educated and smart and you are looking to create a business that lights you up, that helps people and makes you money. I know very clearly who our ICA is at pursuing her purpose. And here's the best part about filtering leads too. It helps to overcome the price objection because the reality is, is that not everyone can afford your offer. If someone has $5 to their name and your product is $10, that person does not have the funds to buy your offer. And frankly, you wouldn't want them to spend their last dollars on you anyways. 
for any high ticket offer my sales agency sells, and most are between, I would say, $7,000 and $50,000, we require that our clients have an application that shares the price range of their offer before the lead even gets on a sales call. So this helps to ensure that they have a heads up, that they understand that they are getting onto a call to have a sales conversation, not a free coaching call or a you know communication call or a catch-up call. They are heading into that call to make a decision and then they can ask questions to ensure that they understand the ROI of the offer. So my first question to you is, are you niche down? Do you understand your ICA? Does your content and your marketing speak to your ICA? And are you clearly and effectively communicating who you support and how you support them? Okay, now that you understand the value of getting crystal clear on your ICA, let's talk about how to handle objections when they come up. Because even though you are crushing your marketing and your communication, people are still going to have questions and objections because people don't have time and money for things that they don't see the value in. So remember, even though you're an amazing person with a powerful, transformative offer, your leads are going to protect what's most important to them. And for most people, that's their time and their money. And you and I both know that these objections can be phrased in a million ways. So if you're in a conversation with someone, it might come up with them saying, you know, I'm going to have to wait until my payday, or I just don't think it's my time to do this program, or I can't make that price work, or I don't know how this is going to fit into my schedule. But they're all saying the same thing. I'm stonewalling you with, I don't have the time, or I don't have the money. Now, I'm assuming that you've done your part with getting clear on who you are communicating to in your marketing, and now it's time to get curious. Being good at sales means that you're good at being inquisitive, that you're a good listener and you're great at asking questions. Now, I don't want you to interrogate your leads, but rather I want you to learn how to empathetically ask questions so that you can learn more about their unique situation, that person's values, and how you might be able to support them. I always say that conversions happen through conversations. And what is a conversation? Well, it's two people having a dialogue together. And again, this could be in your DMs, it could be an email, it could be on a sales call. All of those are mediums to have a two-way conversation. Let's pause this episode to bring up an awesome opportunity. Maybe you're looking for more purpose or you're wanting more passion in life. Maybe you know you have messages on your heart that you want to share with the world. Well, Amy and I have a workshop just for you. It's going to teach you the beginning steps to starting a podcast so you do it right from the start. Learn from our mistakes. Take this workshop and you are going to be so inspired. Simply go to growwithpodcasting.com and sign up. That's it. All you have to do is watch the webinar and you're going to get those first few steps. Again, growwithpodcasting.com to hear the steps that Amy and I recommend for starting a brand new podcast. Okay, back to the show. Now I'm going to share a little secret with you that I have learned from taking hundreds of sales calls and I have an incredibly high close rate and that is desire pulls someone forward and fear holds them back. So in your sales conversation, it is your responsibility to help the lead, who by the way is someone who is interested in your product or service because they reach out, they followed you, they subscribed to your email list, they're here having this conversation with you because they're interested. And now it is your responsibility to keep them in a place of possibility and desire rather than moving them to scarcity and fear, which is keeping them further away from their goals. 
So if someone says, you know, Kat, I just don't think I can afford that. If I were just to say, well, why not? Tell me, why can't you afford that? It feels like one, I'm interrogating them. And two, it gets the lead thinking about all the reasons why they can't afford that, all the reasons they shouldn't buy. They might say to that, well, I've got two kids in daycare and I have a mortgage and inflation. Oh, it's scaring me and blah, 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 blah. It's getting them to continue to sit in a place of fear. And again, I'm talking about people who already know the price tag of your offer and you've marketed to them and they're choosing to engage in a sales conversation with you. So it's not truly that they can't afford it. that they don't see the ROI in comparison to other things that they are spending money on in their life right now. So what if you said something like, if time and money weren't an issue, why would you want to invest in this? What would that do for you in a perfect world? Do you see how that question immediately gets the lead thinking about the future and possibility? It removes the pressure of price briefly so that that lead can sit in a moment of, what would this do for me? And what would my life look like if I had XYZ product or if I had XYZ support? And the beautiful thing is this question helps you to understand that person's unique values because every person values something different. So let's say you're selling a business coaching program and your typical transformation is getting a customer an additional $5,000 a month. Well, someone might say, well, with an additional $5,000, I would hire a nanny. And some people would say, I would take a family vacation. And some would say, I would buy new office equipment. Some would say, I would buy a new car. There is no right or wrong answer, but you as the salesperson now get to speak with that person about their specific values. My mentor always says that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions that you ask. So in your sales conversation, are you asking quality questions? As someone who is selling something, your responsibility as a business owner is to keep the lights on in your business and to support your ideal customer. So you need to master asking quality questions. And I'm going to share some additional powerful questions with you that you can ask during a sales conversation when a money objection comes up when you're talking to someone who is your ideal customer. So here's a few questions that you can ask. If money was not a factor, would there be anything holding you back from moving forward? What is this opportunity missing for you that if you had it, this would be a heck yes for you? Would it be helpful for you if we did some brainstorming together on where you can find the funds? What type of results would you need to see or hear about to know this investment is worthwhile for you? And if a time objection comes up, here's some questions that you could ask. Has there ever been a time in your life where you didn't feel totally ready, but you did it anyways? What was the result of that decision that you made? How much time do you need specifically? If time wasn't an issue for you, what would this program give you that you don't have now? Would it be helpful if we brainstorm on how you could fit this program into your schedule? Do you see how all of those questions help to continue to guide the lead to possibility and desire over choosing fear and scarcity? As a business owner, it is your duty to inspire the lead to take action versus feeling like you need to manipulate your lead to buy. If you are constantly pulling out discounts and your lead and the business that you run isn't built on a budget person, there most likely is an opportunity for you to get better about your communication and powerfully share the transformation of your offer. Now, I know discounts work, and I'm not saying that they're manipulative. We use them in our business occasionally. But if it's the only thing 
that is getting someone to buy and your ICA is not a budget-friendly person, then you have work to do when it comes to inspiring your lead to take action. So this can look like knowing your ICA so deeply that you actually know what inspires them. Sharing the results of your students or customers, sharing their testimonials as social proof. It is always going to sell your offer more than just you sharing about how awesome your offer is. And pro tip, when you do share a testimonial, get permission to share the name and the photo of that person because when you share social proof, it's way more effective when people know that it's a real person. Share your own personal transformation story and your why about why you do what you do. Why is it important to you that someone buys your course on how to feed their baby? Why is it important for you that someone learns how to properly train their dog to be the best family dog? Why is it important to you to coach that woman who's about to make a career pivot in their life? And last, I want you to share content about what's on the other side of their pain. What is the transformation that is waiting for them? Sure, speaking to their pain points, it can be powerful. But you know what else is powerful? Is sharing what is possible for them. And that gets them in the place of desire and possibility. This whole conversation here today is why I recommend doing sales calls for your offer. Especially initially, you don't always have to take sales calls, especially depending on the price of your offer. But sales calls opens up this line of communication for you to understand your ideal customer, but also to get practice as a communicator for you to become clear, confident, understanding, empathetic, and ultimately think of your role in this journey as the guide. So if this was helpful for you, I would love if, first of all, you tried out some of these questions in your sales conversations and let me know how they worked for you. And I would also love it if you could go ahead and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. These reviews help us to continue to create free and powerful content for you each and every week on your business journey. And I will say that we read every single review. They mean so much to us. So if you found this valuable and you feel like we deserve it, head on over to where you listen to your podcast and take two minutes just to let us know how you are liking the podcast.